Welcome to Driven Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Your hosts are freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield, plus videographer and host of the YouTube channel Craving Cars, Corey Pratt, and 35-year radio veteran, book publisher, and vehicular village idiot, Mark Catfish Groves. Let's rev up the conversation. Time for Driven Radio Show. Hey, all you car fiends and gearheads, welcome to Driven Radio. Hey, I didn't call anybody anything really insulting. That was cool. Wow. Right out of the gate. Welcome to Driven Radio, your (laughs) weekly automotive happy hour. I am Brett Hatfield here with our engineer and co-host, Sir Mark Groves. Hello. And the evil genius of Craving Cars on YouTube, (laughs) Mr. Corey Pratt. We are coming to you from Driven Radio Studios in Driven Media World Headquarters. Beautiful over in Park, Kansas. Nice. Uh, Pretty nice outside. You know, a couple days ago they said it was going to rain all week. Thank God, no. It hasn't. Rained all last week. We didn't need it. It's warm. Yeah, Yeah. it was nice to to have some sunshine just to actually ride in. It's warm and it's a bit muggy. A little bit. That is one of the things I've learned about on a bike. Because that's a big, hot thing between your legs and, you know, yep. damn stoplights. Yep. I bet you figured out where all the vents are on that jacket now, Oh, dude, you? yeah. <laughs> the only thing I didn't unzip was an eyeball. <laughs> Everything else, dang. Yeah. Well, I decided to buy an all-black car with black stripes and black interior and leather. <laughs> Yay. You, you remember conversations I had with you about why I won't buy a, car, a convertible with a black interior? Oh, yeah. There you go. There well, you we, go. Well, Lisa's has a hard top, but it's black, too. So, I mean, what, yeah, well, what are you going to do? You're just driving around in a little pressure cooker. The, the new Porsche oven. It's got really big windows. Six or seven inches tall, I think. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. I almost it's feel great. sorry for you. That's the, bad. The AC, the AC works well. You can find us online at drivenradioshow.com and readthedriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show. And listen. Everywhere fine podcasts are heard. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a positive review on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to tell all your gearhead buddies. If there's something you would like to hear more of or someone you think we should interview or I, I, I'm not fishing here. If you got one, I want to hear it. If you've got an interesting story, tell us. Yeah, absolutely. Tell Indeed. us. We'll have you on here. We'll make fun of you. Uh, send your emails to Brett at readthedriven.com. Gentlemen, well, yes. you are, Mark, you already brought it up. You've been riding around on your bike. That means you finally got the stinking back tire on it, or the, yeah, t- the new tires on it. Finally got the new tires on it, so I'm not a, I'm not afraid to like speed up or go around corners and stuff. Uh, it, I'm still gonna get that carb looked at because I've, yeah. I've already run a you know a bottle and a half of uh, sea foam through it, and is, it's still is got the, the hesitations. Is the stumble less? Uh, no, not until it completely warms up. Okay. If it's fully warm and has been running for about 15 minutes, uh, it starts to uh, to get in there. As a matter of fact, I talked to uh, Chip Ashby. Oh, cool. Who, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, from over at Kansas City Automotive Museum. Yeah. On and Chip Saturday would be the, the guy to yeah. ask about this. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I was like, dude, do you know anybody that could rebuild a carburetor on, an, on a Kawasaki? And he looks at me, he's like, duh, me. Yeah, let's say, yeah. I'm like, we're going to talk. Yeah. And I think I'll have him uh, go ahead and rebuild it because the guy's kind Chip, of a I'll genius. Chip, I'll apologize in, in advance. What kind of super hyper exclusive <laughs> micro beer is he demanding yeah. in exchange for said rebuild? There'll be a price. Uh, sure. And I will happily pay him because I, I think he'll do a great job. But uh, other than that, it's just it's just fun to drive, man. Yeah. Just it fun it, to it absolutely is. I'm thrilled that you have it. I'm glad that you got the tires on it. 
check out Reno Power Sports next time. Yeah, you, you, need to, you got that right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sir. If that doesn't work out, though, Mark, yeah? you can always just do an LS swap and some crackers. You're damn right. <laughs> Believe me, that's step two on that notepad. Step one is talk to Chip. Step two, LS. That, right on. Craig's. Trike. Trike, baby. But uh, I'm thinking as stubby as the wheelbase is and as wide as the tires and craggers you're going to have on it will be, uh, wheelie bars. Wheelie bars. Yeah, yeah. That's you, really, do it. you really ought to seriously consider some wheelie bars. How about you, Mr. Corey? Well, I went and saw a couple of our friends. I, too, uh, went to the uh, Kansas City Automotive Museum. Uh, at the Cars and Coffee. and uh, You guys I, I both went to the Auto Museum, and I went to a show that I had previously won with Vlad and got yeah. my teeth kicked in. <gasps> but I did oh. also go to another show the next day, our friend oh. uh, Henry Accardo with his oh, crossover oh, oh, cars. Oh. How was that? I forgot that Absolutely he was even fantastic. doing that again, and I saw the pictures, and it looked stellar. Uh, and there will be some video on the YouTube oh, channel cool. of Craving Cars. Very cool. Um, coming hopefully soon. And uh, But no, it was a great turnout. Vlad would have looked good there. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting for you to break your arm patting yourself on the back. <laughs> no, <laughs> no uh, it, it really was a good show. Um, I got a little interview with Henry to see how college went. It was his first full year of college down. How's he doing? He's doing good. Cool. He had a heck of a epic beard going. I mean, it was trimmed down kind of nice, but I was like, wow, I can't even go you know, face your hair that much. And he's only when like he, When he 19. was here, yeah, he's 12. And when he was here, it looked like he had a fairly heavy beard, like uh-huh. two days growth maybe, or for him, maybe seven hours. And uh, <laughs> I think if he let it go more than a week, it would be. Apparently he had. And Dude. It was pretty struggling because I talked to his parents and he was like, good thing that he trimmed that thing. He's only going to have three of those shows this year. June, July, and August. First Sunday. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's it. So there's only two more. That's right. So he's not going to have to hit those. back to college again. Uh, yeah, I think we should all hit them together one of these times. Absolutely. Um, maybe when, while some of the rallies are in town. And yes. that's going to be on August 1st. Um, I already mentioned it. Uh, I brought Vlad home for the weekend. Mm-hmm. I thought this show that the Olathe police put on started later in the day. Oh. So I you know, slept in a little bit. And oh. Figured, hey, I'll wash the car in the morning. No, it started at 8. <laughs> Crap. And not p.m. No, not, not p.m. No, not was 8 p.m. It wasn't lab. later than he thought. So, it was no, much earlier. Uh, Ron and I went and washed it, and then I came home and I washed me, and then we went to the car show. Okay. I got there late, and uh, they wound up sticking me in, like, the very last row of cars that they had. Yeah. And I think that wound up being part of the problem. This is a show that I won Best of Show at three years ago. Uh-huh. I brought home that one three-foot-tall freaking trophy I got. Oh, yeah. But I got there late, and the National Guard was there, which was not a bad thing. I always like seeing our guys show up. Yep. And they had a couple of the great big transport trucks that they drive, and they kept letting little kids climb up in the cab and yank the air horn. Oh. Oh, yeah, <laughs> man. Uh... Helen Keller could have heard that horn. <laughs> That thing was so stinking loud, and because it was so loud and my car was parked right next to it, almost nobody came down there to vote for my car. Aww. And I didn't wind up winning a sausage. Nothing. <laughs> Damn it. Not nothing. However, <laughs> strategy having, having uh, Vlad home for the weekend was a lot of fun. I hadn't had her out in quite a while. I forget how rowdy and fun and fast that car is. Uh, and then I start thinking about, oh, wouldn't it be cool if, and you know, I rack up about 25 grand worth of wouldn't it be cool in my head. (laughs) 
and then I get frustrated thinking, I'm not going to do that because I'm going to another journey. Damn it. Uh, (laughs) Also, Rhonda and I took the Mooglide and went for a ride Monday night. (sighs) And and as the sun was going down and enjoyed eating all the bugs and the cooler and everything else. Besides the bugs. And got to drive the red Corvette a little bit this weekend and found out that my headlight switch has gone completely kaput and it won't light Ooh. up the dash lights anymore. <laughs> I, I screwed around and finally got them to come on just a little bit so I could see how fast I was going. Uh, but aside from that... Hey, look, you don't do that. You know, that's hey. the thing with old cars, old bikes. It's always something. You're never done with them. Just when you think you're done with them, mm-hmm, not so much. Oh, and uh, our favorite mechanic, Daryl, uh, our car wizard has had uh, the 65 for a while. He's doing great things to it. One of the wheel spinners is seized on the car, and it will not come off. Those things come, you know, with a lead hammer that you use to twist them on there, to beat them on there. Yeah, yeah. And they're lead, so it won't foul the chrome. Right, right. But also because it's like a dead blow hammer, man. It hits, and it just... And I got a six-pound hammer for that thing, and we have turned both sides into a beaten metal mushroom trying to take that spinner off of the back of that car. It will not come off. It will not. So I started looking around at the Corvette parts uh, catalogs and websites and stuff, trying to find a knockoff wheel tool to see if there was one that you put on and then you use a bar or something, and you kind of use it to twist the knockoff. And there's... One that it seems to be the same one that all the the American Corvette people have, all the parts companies, and it's kind of flimsy looking. I mean, it's got a bar welded to it, but you look at that and you go, "If I put a three foot bar on this, I'm just going to twist that thing right off there, and it's not going to last for nothing." There's a company in Germany called Old Timer Tools, and they make a socket specifically for knockoff wheels for two ear and three ear and Cobra or Corvette or old Lamborghinis or old Ferraris or whatever. Nice. And it's, it looks like something you could bludgeon somebody with. It looks heavy (laughs) and it's got a one inch socket drive on it. So you can stick a big honking one inch socket in it and then twist it. This thing fits all the way over and then turns. They even send you a little piece of leather to go inside to keep from marring the ears on the knockoff. So I caved and I bought one. Hmm. I'm sure it wasn't exactly cheap. Not exactly. Yeah, I didn't need that weekend at the lake. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, so this is going a little far beyond that. my yeah, imagination, but, but I think. Here's, here's the thought in my head. I'll never get another one of them damn things stuck on there again. Not uh-uh. never. <laughs> Better not. <laughs> and uh, the really sad thing is, is my gold line tires came in for the car, and I've had them in my garage for a week, and now I can't stick them on the damn Corvette because I can't get the wheel off. <laughs> Couldn't get the tires, and I can't get the wheel so, off. So this was really born out of frustration. <laughs> <laughs> Took my boy to big silver beer. I'm never going <laughs> to. That kind of thing. Anyway, real fun weekend. I'm enjoying all my toys, but uh, anybody who's had old stuff for more than about 10 minutes know you're never done working on it and it's always going to be something and Seems that way. you can whine about it and nobody mm-hmm. gives a damn nobody cares <laughs> nobody you, you will receive no sympathy 
Oh, your expensive toy's broken. Ha <laughs> ha. That's kind of the way that goes. <laughs> hey, this week in the news, uh, turns out you can own a modern Shelby Cobra prototype uh, if you if you wanna. And the latest offering from Bugatti is limited to 273 miles per hour and costs more than all the houses in my cul-de-sac combined. (laughs) Uh, You can have the ultimate collection of Aston Martin DB5s if your pockets are deep enough, just like about everything else. But man, are they cool. They are so Mm -hmm. stinking cool. Uh, Let's take a look at that news. Mr. Corey? Well, from Classic Motorsports, now... You can drive Miss Daisy yourself. Meekum offers V10-powered Shelby Cobra prototype. The 2004 Ford Shelby Cobra concept, codename Miss Daisy, hence the, well, what I just said, by Ford Specialist Projects, was intended to succeed the Ford GT. It was constructed with the full cooperation and participation of the late Carroll Shelby. Unlike the original Cobra, Miss Daisy is powered by a 6.4-liter V10. Big. Damn. Honkin yes, V10. rated for 605 horsepower and 501 foot-pounds of torque. The engine is now one of four built by Ford Advanced Powertrain. The features uh, and features dry sump lubrication, dual overhead cams, 40 valves. If you've always Jimmy. wanted to have a shot at one of one yes. Shelby prototype, you'll have a chance to buy Miss Daisy for yourself. It's going on the auction block at Meekum's Monterey Sale this week. August. Did you see the pictures of this and thing? And it looks incredibly cool and very Cobra-like, yeah, but yeah. very modern Cobra-like. It is. It's kind of like uh, someone put your Cobra in the dryer. <laughs> Melted a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, not it's, quite so oval. It, it, it's a little droopy. No, it's, uh, like it's they, uh, they've, they've streamlined it a bit. It is very cool looking, but it's a one-of-one, it it and it's yeah. tied to Carol. Can you imagine what this thing will bring? It's like an Audi TT, but I think with hips good. and a mean mouth. Yeah, well, Audi TT, hips, mean mouth, big honking V10. And Jesus, if you watch yeah. the video of it online, they have this thing just smoking the stinking tires. <laughs> I actually haven't seen a picture of this in quite a while. You know, I, only... I actually forgot how good it looks. Yeah, well, it's been 17 years since it was really newsworthy. and then right. The article I read said that this thing was supposed to be the replacement for the, what was it, 0405 Ford GTs? Yes. And it just, they didn't do that. But that would have been, I mean, in a long list of cool Ford stuff, that would have been really cool, man. man they shoved that V10 all the way back yeah. behind that front axle, too. Yeah, so that technically mid-engine. Yeah. Just mid-engine in Looking front, at these pictures, you guys back. need to look this up. You have links on. on your oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, okay. have, I'll have pictures and links and everything Perfect. else, and I'll have, pic- I'll have links to the article. And the article itself has a link for the video, and I'll go ahead and put that on the Driven, too. We'll have to but, see what this brings in, uh, in August. What did you guys oh, think of the a- interior? Because uh, I'm, I'm looking at it's it. It's and- bright, stinking blue. Yeah, it's pretty it's different. odd. It it's- is bright blue. It is brighter blue than the shirt I'm wearing. And it's got almost kind of that curved aluminum, brushed aluminum yeah. look to it. Huh. Dude, I it's like almost- it. I'm, hmm. That thing will wake you up better than a strong cappuccino. I, I think it's it's so plain but stylish in there. Yeah, like, well, Like they didn't overcomplicate the purposeful. looks. Yes. Uh, the blue. Fair enough. I don't know because the rest of the car is kind of a duller. It like, wouldn't be a daily. and gray, right? I mean, unless you're unless you're rich and nuts, it wouldn't yeah. be a daily. And that shifter looks like a, a 
little little thing to work with. Way it's it's almost like a rubber ashtray. Yeah, with, a, with it sticking out <laughs> at that angle. In a prototype, Maybe they were probably just oh, trying prototype, to figure. Duh. Yeah, they were trying to figure out just how to keep the you know the heat from under the car from coming up into the cab. <laughs> Uh, which I think working, we, we they had to shove it all back there, Mark, and do what they could because of the V10. And what I'm really <laughs> curious is what the hell does that big red button do? That's probably a start button. How about this? That would be my What guess. do you want it to do? I want it to be an ejector seat. Well, yeah, then, by all I, means, I'm, I'm guessing if you got seat. enough money to take this sucker home, you can make it do <laughs> whatever not? you want it to do. <laughs> my, my baby blue ejector seat or what electric I'm, blue. What I'm really wondering about on this, Corey, <laughs> You see the cockpit, and you know that V10 is shoved back like that. That yep. car is not top enough to be tall enough to be up over the top of the V10. So, what's your concern? I'm thinking, where are you going to put your feet? How tight is the foot box? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm guessing and you're it's driving got three this. pedals. Oh. You're, you're wearing. So I bet those pedals are really close together. You're wearing too. loafers or skin tight wrestling shoes or just socks. And we're, we're not trying to <laughs> encourage you to not buy this thing. Go buy and then bring it so we can have a ride. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> drop on by. Yeah. I, I'll yeah, cough up do. good money's take and booze for a, uh, <laughs> a joy ride in that thing. Yeah. Absolutely, six hundred five horsepower. Damn. Oh, and you know it doesn't weigh V10, much. It can't yeah. possibly. Yeah, I'm guessing the car the car's under three thousand pounds. How fun is that? I bet there's so, a lot of aluminum in that light in that thing. I don't know. It just it's going to be fast. It's it, a little car with a V10 it for Christ's looks sake. Cool. It's, a, it's it's what it does. what is it? The normal Cobra um, recipe right there, isn't it? Big engine, small car. Yeah. Well, uh, 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 fat fast light car with a monstrous engine in it that yep. would suck a goose through it. I'm <laughs> I'm kind of hoping. I, I hate to say this out loud because I always want the cars to be driven. Yes. But I'm kind of hoping this goes to a museum someplace where everybody can see it. That's oh, because, yeah. Well, and I, I see what you're saying because if something were to happen to it, it's gone. Yeah. It's, it's gone, a, gone. It's, it's a one of one. one. It's, it's one of those ones I can agree with. You're and right. If, I want to see it driven, but. And if a rich guy gets it, I hope he makes like 17 molds of the thing and makes more of them just so he can have them <laughs> laying around. There, then he can drive them and then put that one in the museum. Yeah, that'd be really cool. All righty. Hey, from Road and Track, Bugatti's latest Chiron has a 273 mile per hour speed limiter. Like anybody's That's ever terrible. To see that. I can't believe it's limited <laughs> like that. And it's like. I wish they'd had a governor like that on my school bus when I was a kid. <laughs> Dude, you couldn't get that to do 273 if you shoved it out of a plane. <laughs> so what's two, it cost? 273 mile per hour speed limit costs $3.9 oh, million. I just It's nice. .1 more than I have money for. I can't buy it. At that price, buy two. You know, I, I live, like <laughs> I said, amazing, I live in a... In a pretty decent neighborhood yep. i think I, I live in a, in a nice neighborhood not mansions by any means but nice yep. mm-hmm. this Agreed. this car would cost more than all the houses in my cul-de-sac <laughs> for the love of god good grief bugatti is releasing another sharon Supersport variant to compete with all uh complete with all the same body work and performance upgrades of the super sport 300 plus priced from 3.9 priced from yeah 3.9 Oof. You know, options, Mark. You options. Oh, that's right. Yeah, oh. Dash black. A- a- dash tray. AC's 256 grand. <laughs> <laughs> Price oh, from $3.9 million. The car isn't a, cost. It isn't a limited production run. The new Super Sport is electronically limited to just 273 yeah. miles per hour. And, and I wasn't kidding that's about uh, shoving it out of the plane wow. thing. Terminal velocity on most everything is somewhere between 160 and 180 miles an hour. Yeah. Gravity won't pull it faster than it can <laughs> propel itself. 
Dubbed the Sharon Super Sport, this new variant is the top dog of the Sharon regular production lineup. It gets a mm-hmm. 1,578 horsepower version of the quad turbo oh. W16 engine. God, oh you just can't even wrap your head on that. Uh, complete Jesus. with new turbos, a revised oil pump, and upgraded internals. Redline has been bumped from 6,800 to 7,100 RPM. Well, it's about time. And <laughs> while seventh gear has been stretched to deliver the higher speeds, Bugatti Why doesn't. It's limited. <laughs> I, I'd never have the sack. I'd never have this. I'm I'm not smart enough to be afraid of much, and I wouldn't have the sack to do that. Uh, Bugatti doesn't quote a zero to sixty time, but it says zero to one hundred twenty four comes in just five point eight seconds. Goodness gracious! And zero to one hundred eighty six happens in twelve point one. Zero to one eighty six. Zero to faster than I've ever been on in anything in the on the ground. Bikes, cars, probably airplanes. It's faster than the top speed of my car. <laughs> no kidding, man. And it does Fat. it in twelve point one seconds. What's the top speed on the GTOs? Like one hundred and seventy or something? It's got to be at least. Yeah, well, it's it's faster than anything. Yeah, I the speedometer on my Kawasaki goes to one forty. <laughs> <laughs> never, well, never, nah. you never get there. But I like looking at it, going, "Yeah, sure." Well, the I cut off I wanted to. Yeah, exactly. but it, it won't do one ninety. <laughs> I'll watch you get the carb cleaned up. That'll do it. Yeah. Huh. Uh, the chassis and suspension on this sucker have been modified with a new steering system and new dampers to maintain stability towards terminal velocity. God, I would <laughs> hope so. Just the using the word terminal velocity. Just, just, just <laughs> thinking of it, man. The elongated rear bodywork and revised fascia allow for enough downforce to cruise at triple digits in supreme comfort while the entire state of Nevada's state highway patrol chases you down the road. <laughs> yeah. Even on long bends taken at high speeds, the rear remains calm and neutral, resulting in a very composed drive in the Sharon Supersport, says head of chassis development. I'm going to take a stab at this, guys. Yeah. I think it's probably Jochen Schwalb. Uh, nice. J-A-C-H-I-N-S-C-H-W-A-L-B-E. Probably should have looked it up. I'm going to go with Jochen Schwalb. The power of the Schwalb. That's it. Our focus at top speed is on absolute driving stability cu- coupled with comfort. So says Mr. Schwalb. Yep. I wonder if that comfort involves not being able to unclench your butt cheeks. <laughs> Bugatti says it plans to begin production of the Chiron Supersport at its, at its factory in Molsheim, France. Soon, delivery of the $3.9 million cars will begin in early 2022. And you only get one interior color, brown. <laughs> well, at, oh, least, boy. at least for the driver's side lowers. <laughs> I, I will say just... Brown stripe? <laughs> one, thing I, one thing I do believe. I believe it will do 273 miles an hour, knowing... Bugatti's record from even before that. Oh, and no, two, I, I do know do. that that bet that 200 miles an hour, you're thinking you're cruising down 80 miles an hour like in a regular sedan. I mean, because that's. Oh, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised until you look out the window and see that everything looks right. like you're doing a hyperspeed from Star Wars. Uh, the Super Sport 300 Plus, didn't that thing do like 312 or something like that? Something like, but I, what was the average was like 305 or It was something, north of three. But it was yeah. definitely over 300, yes. Screw that. Yeah. Joel, 
back when James May drove the Veyron, when it was new, which didn't do, what, 250-something miles no, an hour. No, he did 256 or 262. I don't remember was, which, yeah. but it was in the mid-twos. But when he said it gave so much kind of a vertigo uh, of, of things around you, that he was like, oh, okay, I'm done with the speed. He started slowing down. You know, the, the high speed runs done. He's slowing down. He's coming in to pull off and look down. He's just still doing over 100 miles an hour. <laughs> oh, my God. Because he literally thought he slowed way down and realized, oh, shit. I probably oh, yeah. <laughs> Hey, while we're on the topic of May, I watched a Top, a top Gear rerun, or not Top Gear, uh, Grand Tour rerun the other day. You realize May's got to, gotten to drive one of those Bugattis to speed, but he also got to drive a Ferrari P3 and one of the GT40s that competed at Le Mans. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he did He did those in one day. Drove both of those it, cars. You, you wonder who he sold his soul to. <laughs> Probably because they said, oh, this is Captain Slow. He yeah. should be safe. And I wonder if that guy's still taking souls. I'm not really <laughs> yeah. using mine for anything. <laughs> Okay, from Road and Track, you can own this epic trio of Aston Martin DB5s for a cool $5.68 million. (laughs) And totally worth it. Totally worth it. Nicholas, uh, me and company, uh, an Aston dealer in the UK is giving one buyer the opportunity, could be you, to own a trio of classic and really special Aston Martin Vantages for just $5.68. The most interesting car in the bunch and I love this thing. Uh, I've been staring at pictures of it while we've been talking. Mm-hmm. Is a um, DB5 shooting brake vantage. vantage. It's. Let me clarify real quick. Shooting brake is kind of like a two door station wagon. It's what the Brits load their dogs and guns into. So it's like my big brother's Chevy Vega. The the one that he had is a shaggy wagon with, with class and style. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to your big brother. And, I know, man. That thing was a POS. Yeah, but, uh, and the Craigers. He, he got a piece of something else while he owned it. So uh, well done, big wow, bro. Wow, man. Uh, that's what I'm saying. This uh, this one was built for Chairman David Brown. It's a first of 12 factory shooting brakes and the only one to leave the production line in Vantage specification. Mm-hmm. So like every Vantage uh, spec DB5, it's got a four liter straight six making uh, 322 horsepower. Not bad. And especially for the time, not bad at all. 40 no, more horses than really the standard good. spec engine. And, uh, you know, that, that's what you need in your uh, <laughs> in your station wagon, uh, like a Dodge Magnum. No, wait, you know? wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Let's be snotty and British about it. My estate. My, my station wagon. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah, well, it is kind of a two-door station wagon. But it's cool looking. It man. really is. It's this is very, not the Ford very... Country Squire your mom had. No. <laughs> It's a. Uh, it looks good. Yes, I it would does. like to drive it. Next up is the DB5 convertible. It's the second rarest of the bunch. It's just 123 were built, and only five of those in the Vantage spec. Yes. Now it's easily the most color colorful of the trio, with a bright Caribbean pearl blue over white. Uh, oh yeah, white gold baby. hide interior. That thing is not that far away from Nassau blue. <laughs> <laughs> and you know it really is because uh, I don't, what color is that? Uh, the shooting brake is that? It's kind of a green. It's called silver birch. Silver birch. So kind of green, but not really. Yeah, it's the same silver. color as uh, the DB5 Vantage Saloon, which is the third car in the group. And for those of you who don't know uh, what that is, it's James Bond's car. It is. It is so James cool. Bond's car. Sweet. That means it's got rocket launchers on it. Yeah, <laughs> this one here, it's one of baby. 60 Vantage models built. Uh, it's spe- it's uh, specced in the same as the Silver Birch over black height interior as 007's car. 
So it's uh, Nicholas uh, Me and Company says it spent 12 years putting together the collection. Every car has been treated to a full restoration. Dude, by, that's worth a 5.6. Oh, right dude. There. And by Aston Martin itself, by their own specialist, restoring them to as new wow. condition. Documentation accompanying the cars includes numerous certificates. You got maintenance records, ownership docs. Yeah, it's got all the stuff you want. Oh yeah, all the paper. It's got its pedigree. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, quite. If you're looking to add a trio of awesome Astons to your to your collection, get your Astons going. Uh, this offer is seriously compelling. Before you start thinking this is an exorbitant ask for the three cars, consider this: all three are in number one condition. Uh, Haggerty price guide. Shows number one value for the 65 Aston Martin DB5 Vantage Shooting Brake at $1.45 million. But it's probably going to get a push for being the only one yeah, the only of its only kind. one on the planet. How do you price that? Value for the DB5 Vantage Drophead Coupe is $2.45 million, And the DB5 Vantage Saloon is $1.3 million. Total without consideration for the shooting brakes one-of-a-kind status, 5.2. Yeah. So, yeah, you're in the neighborhood. You're in the right place. You're real close. And then you consider the... Caliber and quality of the restoration, documentation, the shooting break is a one of a kind. I, they're not that far out of line on the ask. I really don't think they are. I, I, uh, I am right am I going to go over there with my mortgage banker? <laughs> I think not. He's no. already real unimpressed with me buying another Corvette. Yeah, I logged on to Money Tree. They're not interested in it either. I don't, yeah, I don't understand. Just, JJ Best isn't going to swing at this. <laughs> But yes. uh, really cool collection. One of those ones that you you're looking at it online, you realize I've been staring at this picture for a long, a long time. time. <laughs> Mark, you were asking about the red button and the uh, Shelby. Yeah, about you would really like it to be an ejector seat. This one might actually have, have a red button with an ejector seat. <laughs> See, kids, dreams can come true. That's right. <laughs> I like where your head is. That's all right. I'm, I really like how you're thinking, Mister. That's why you're here. Our special guest Ooh. this week is John Craman. Hey, he's uh he's one of my favorite repeat offenders. John always comes with his bags packed, man. He knows his stuff, and he's mm-hmm. going to be here to talk about Meekum's hugely successful sale in Indianapolis last month. You know, they broke $100 million. God, that's They crazy. broke $100 million. Big numbers. Uh, they're doing a sale in Tulsa this weekend for the first time ever, and he's going to talk about what's coming up in the second half of 2021. Second half of the year. We're almost halfway done with this thing. This is crazy. Man, this has gone by so fast. Anyway, John will be here in a minute. He's going to talk about all that and a lot more coming up next on Driven Radio. Welcome back to Driven Radio, coming to you from Driven Radio World Headquarters in Overland Park, Kansas. Our returning guest this week, God, we just beat on poor John all the time, <laughs> all the stinking time. What a good time. Joe. He's, yeah. But I, I love having him on the show because he always comes with his bags packed, man. He knows what he's talking about, and uh, he's just he's one of my favorite guests. He's muscle uh, muscle car expert and the consignment director for Meekum Auctions, John Craman. He also is the commentator for Meekum on NBC Sports Network, and he broadcasts over 200 hours of coverage every year. John's getting ready for this year's, for Meekum's first ever 
Tulsa auction. Oh, uh, it's going on this weekend at the River Spirit Expo Center. You just look for the giant oil roughneck out front. Have you ever seen that? No. The the guy is like six stories tall. I have. It's gigantic. <laughs> Does he have the like the one hand turned up and the other down? Like no, he should he's, be holding an axe? he's got his hand on top of an oil derrick for oh, crying out loud. Nice. <laughs> it's a huge dude. John, welcome back to Driven Radio. Hey, always a pleasure to talk cars with you folks. You are coming off of Meekum's 34th annual Spring Classic in Indianapolis last month, and you guys just crushed it. Uh, tell us a little bit about the sale and the numbers that were generated. Well, let's go back just briefly to June of 2020. Uh, it's been over a year ago that we restarted our auctions after about a three-month shutdown due to the pandemic. And we noticed right away the middle of last year that the electric car market and our results were just on fire. We didn't know if that was going to be a fluke or if that was going to carry over into this new year. Well, here's what we know now. Last year's big spring class at Indy was a 33rd annual. We did about $72 million in sales, a all-time record right in the middle of the pandemic last year. Well, fast forward to the auction the Indy Auction 34th Annual, and we ended up with doing a whopping $107 million in sales, a huge increase over the big record we had last year. All of this indicates a couple of things. Number one, we've been able to navigate and hold live auctions on a pretty regular basis with huge success, and it also is a reflection of just the state of the electric car market and just how strong it is right now. People are going crazy for things they have a passion about. $107 million. It's a nine-figure sale. Just incredible. You guys, in addition to the money you generated, you moved a lot of cars through that sale uh, had an incredible sell-through rate, and you also had some really special stuff go through. Do you mind talking about any of that? Yeah, it's just it's just incredible. We had over 2,000 consignments over nine days. We had almost 40 hours of television coverage, 27 collections. We sold over 1,700 uh, vehicles, which is about an 83% sell-through rate. Keep in mind, uh, 65 to 70% is a really good number at a reserve auction. So I think a, a big part of our success uh, is a higher than normal by at least 10 points, maybe even more than that, of our sell-through rate. And we were attributing that not only to the strength of the electric car market, but in also how many additional bidders that we have operating remotely via the telephone and also bidding via the internet. Now, I'll just give you some rough numbers. Uh, pre-pandemic, absentee bidding was somewhere in the 5% range. We're now running about 20% of our total bidding is coming in either via telephone or internet. And a lot of those bidders on the phone and internet have actually won the bids. So that's been kind of a win-win for us and our consigners. In addition to the numbers you're generating and the cars you're moving and the sell-through rate you're having, you're also having an extraordinary number of new buyers. What percentage of your buyers are first-time buyers to Megum? Yeah, what we're seeing is, as we're seeing new bidders joining uh, the Mecham Auction bidding audience that had never done business with us before, and it looks like they're coming in at a slightly younger demographic than what we're used to with the traditional baby boomer market, which is was kind of predicted and expected. I'm just not sure that we thought it would happen uh, so soon. About 39% of the buyers this year were brand new to Mecham Auctions. That's a very, very strong number, of course. 
Uh, that's up actually about six points from last year. New bidders, twenty-four percent of our total sales were first-time Mecham bidders, and the dollar amounts that they generated was seventy-two percent over last year's auction. Just incredible the uh, transition to a different demographic, slightly younger during this pandemic kind of still having uh, interest in the same cars, the same type of cars, 50s, muscle cars, uh, hot rods, and of course trucks and uh, Broncos, all the 4x4s are just going crazy. Resto mods continue to gain and gain in popularity and numbers and values. It's a heck of a time to be running a collector car auction company right now with, with, with all of this activity just really heated up. You mentioned trucks and SUVs have been really hot. You had a really special uh, truck go through at Indy last month. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, yeah, with a shock heard around the world, I'm pretty sure you're referring to what's referred to as Big Ole. Absolutely. That is a famed uh, uh, motorsports uh, A-list phenomenal racer, team owner, Parnelli Jones. We sold his 69 Bronco for $1.87 million. He's owned it since he he built that Bronco in 1969. It dominated off-road racing in the early 1970s, setting the stage for the trophy trucks that uh, race today. It was sort of the prototype for that, and that is the most valuable truck ever sold at auction. And it was one of actually eight vehicles out of his personal collection that totaled well over $3 million. Definitely a highlight to the sale. Having him and his family there was was, was amazing. He's, he's uh, you know, getting up there in age, but he's still getting around pretty good. And he had a ball seeing everybody just go crazy over those vehicles out of his collection. Something you might find interesting, a picture surfaced on Facebook this week. Big Ole showed up at a Cars and Coffee event on the West Coast. I didn't hear about that, but I imagine there was a I imagine there was a crowd around it. Uh, yeah, there was. Every picture of it had a, a throng of people around it. The numbers that are coming out of Indy are extraordinary, jumping from seventy-two to one hundred seven million. Do you right. think that that kind of fervor is going to carry over to this new event that you've got coming this weekend? Well, the Tulsa auction is really a different dynamic. You know, we're coming off of the big Indy auction as a national level event. With, um, with with all the collections and, of course, leading the charge was the Parnelli Jones vehicles. This is going to be, the, our Tulsa debut is going to be a regional auction. We originally put the target out at 600 cars. I actually ran the numbers this morning. We have 680 so far, and we're still <laughs> adding uh, entries. And what we're learning is, what we're learning Tulsa is a very strong collector car market. There's collectors here that they've had auctions in the city before. Mecham has never been here, and they're really looking forward to having us come here. But this is our first year. This will be a regional auction. It'll be a lot of affordable entries, a lot of, let's say, $5,000 to $50,000 will probably be the bulk of the entries. <clears throat> but really leading the charge on the high-profile vehicles are three second-generation Ford GTs. I mean, those sell collectively. They could be a, they could be a million dollars you know, total for those three. Absolutely. Uh, are those the three that you'd pick out for your very own? If you've been through the docket and seen everything that's going to be there, certainly you've got some favorites. Well, you know, the Ford GT is just so exotic and so valuable. Guys are buying them. They start at about 250000 and go up from there. People aren't driving them anymore. They're buying them and they're putting away in collections. They're admiring them and they're only putting a few miles on them. Being kind of a old school muscle car guy, 
I really like the 70 uh, CUDA 440 six-pack car, the V-code car with 390 horsepower, that big 440 wedge engine. That's probably the one I'm going to be keeping an eye on and uh, probably representing the core of what Meekum does about as good as anything, a high-end muscle car, rare and, and, and impeccably restored. Yeah, you just brought up a, a big motor Mopar, and now Mark looks like he's got the sweats. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on. It's going to be tough to live with him through the rest of the show. <laughs> so Mecham has a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, you've got Florida coming up. You've got, uh, it, of course, uh, Car Week out in uh, Monterey. But you've, you also have lots of other auctions. What's the rest of the year look for look like for you and what you're looking forward to yeah man i just got to tell you it just feels so good getting back to a normal predictable schedule we really think that the, some of the moves and adjustments that we've done uh harrisburg pennsylvania we weren't able to do this year so we're moving that auction down to orlando for our summer special the end of july you mentioned monterey once again we weren't there last year we'll be there for three days mid-august and then the normal schedule, Dallas in September, Vegas in October, also Chattanooga for the first time ever, by the way, Chicago in October, and we finish off with one of our favorite cities, favorite venues ever, and back to Kansas City, Bartle Hall, in mm. December, first week in December, that's December 2nd through the 4th. I, I think when the smoke clears on that, we're going to be able to announce that we have set an all-time at Mecham record for dollar volume generated to sale electric vehicles uh i think that's entirely likely and i know both you and david morton are looking forward to kansas city because i've threatened to cook steaks for you <laughs> yep sign me up <laughs> <laughs> well i look forward to it if i can't wrangle you guys at monterey i'll definitely get you here in kansas city in december We've been speaking with Consignment Director for Mecham Auctions, Mr. John Craman. You can find all the social media links for John and Mecham Auctions on readthedriven.com. John, as always, thank you for being with us, and I'm sure looking forward to uh, catching up with you gentlemen just as soon as I can. I appreciate the interest. Thanks so much, everyone. Thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. Uh, We really do thank you. This is the most fun thing all three of us get to do all week, and... Man, it's just, this is so cool. I've really enjoyed doing this, and we wouldn't be able to do it without our listeners. So thank you so much for your support. Yes. You can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com, ReadTheDriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show. And you can find us everywhere fine podcasts are heard. I am Brett Hatfield for Corey Pratt. Yep. And Mark Groves. You know. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time here on Driven Radio. Yeah.